in the eight in the New Age worldview, mankind has value collectively. Collectively, we are viewed as God. Okay, and then you combine that with their their theory of reincarnation. It's kind of like you mankind is like a big tree or a big plant. Okay, what do you do with a tree if it's got a few dead branches? You cut them off to enhance the growth of the rest of the tree. Okay, and that's the way it is with New Age type thinking. Um, you know, if if you are not ready for the new age on earth, the next spiritual stage in the spiritual evolution of mankind that's going to supposedly usher in peace on the planet earth, if you're not ready for it, if you get in the way and you're holding back world peace, the nicest thing that new agers can do to you, and by the way, your next door neighbors aren't, don't know this, but when we talk about new age leaders, Jacques Cousteau, the late Jacques Cousteau held this view that I'm going to talk about in just a minute. Barbara March Hubbard. He speaks at Mikhail Gorbachev, who, by the way, is a New Ager. Uh, speaks at Mikhail Gorbachev's State of the World forums each year. Um, Ted Turner falls into this category. They basically believe that if you are holding back world peace, the nicest thing they can do to you, it's a favor they're doing to you, is exterminate you, get you out of the way. You'll just be reincarnated. You'll catch up to everybody else later on, who knows, maybe a billion years from now. But Barbara Marsh Hubbard says, look, one-fourth of the people on planet Earth believe that man is God. We are ready for the new age, for the omega point. Half of the world is open. They can go either way. But one-fourth of mankind, these people refuse to believe that man is God. She's talking about our traditional Christians, and Awana falls into that category, traditional Jews and traditional Muslims all three of us share, the, share this belief. There is a God, and I am not Him. Okay? And that, you know, as far as the New Ages are concerned, Satan's lie in the garden is the truth that sets man free. That men shall be as gods. Okay? Man is God. And, um, and so, basically... Um, Forget about individual rights. If you get in the way, you have these New Age leaders now calling for an extermination of a large portion of the world population. Uh, the United Nations, their meditation room, uh, that's what it is. they'll probably talk about that with the New World Religion. It's neo-pagan. It's the new consciousness. It's New Age. Okay? And the United Nations says, I think something like by the year 2040, they want the world's population to be at this, this amount. Problem is, by 2020, we're already going to be there, or by 2010 or 2015. By 2040, we're going to be about twice that size. So with the United Nations, this, this real um, benevolent society is, is telling us, is not telling us, is how they plan to remove one of every two people on the planet Earth over a 25-year period. Okay? Um, but it, it, it's all tied in. Forget about individual rights. If you get in the way, you, you can and will be removed. Uh, and your average New Ager is, is, is oblivious to this. But it's the New Ager leaders who are being more consistent with New Age thought that are moving in that direction. Um, no basis to call an action evil. If, if God is, is in reality is ultimately impersonal, okay, an impersonal force, that desk is an impersonal thing. There's no moral categories, right or wrong, okay? 
electricity is impersonal. Well, if God is impersonal, if ultimately reality is impersonal, then there's really no basis for calling any action evil. Yet, yet look at these New Agers. They're always out there protesting to save the whales. Okay? But there's no such thing as right and wrong. Why stand up for what you think is right? Um, and no basis for truth. Um, uh, New Age thought, neo-pagan thought, pantheistic thought, um, truth and falsehood uh, are illusions. There is no truth. And of course, we talked about that being contradictory. And finally, um, uh, by presenting historical evidence for Christ, for the true Jesus of the Bible, Christ's resurrection, and his deity, um, uh, we can also provide evidence to the New Ages. Now, let me say this. Um, when witnessing to atheists or New Agers, probably the two most powerful things you can do, number one, pray for them. And pray for yourself when you go into an encounter with them and talk with them. So be prayed up, okay? Um, realize it's a spiritual war. It's not flesh and blood uh, battle that's going on. So prayer is the most powerful thing you can do. Number two, love them. Okay? Um, if you have to sit down, don't just, you know, talk to them one time and then say, good, you're out of my life now. You might have to buy them a cup of coffee. Invite them over to your house for dinner. And um, be in it for the long haul. The, the days of, you know, there was a time in this country where you can walk up to somebody and quote John 3.16 and they could say, is that in the Bible? And you open a Bible up and show it to them and they say, well, the Bible's God's word, so... If that's what the Bible says, yeah, I'll accept Jesus as my Savior. There was such a high level of respect for the Bible that, you know, 99 out of 100 Americans believe the Bible is God's Word, just half of them hadn't read it. So all you have to do is show them this is what it says in the Bible, and you got it. Well, those days are gone. Those days are gone very rarely. I always keep the gospel message simple. But as people raise intellectual objections, you know, Pray, pray to God for the wisdom to be able to respond. If you can't respond, tell them you'll talk to their pastor or get back to them or you do some research and get back to them. Um, but whatever the case, the most powerful thing, two most powerful things you can do, number one is prayer, and number two is love them. And love takes time. Love isn't something that, you know, yeah, I really love you, and it's a bummer, but I won't see you again until Jesus comes back. You know, love takes time. You know, you got to get out there and spend some time with these people and uh, take them out to eat or invite them over to your house or, or whatever. Um, and if you do those two things and you're, you're forming a relationship with you to where they're starting to respect your views and you earn the right to be heard and to dialogue with them and stuff like that, um, if people are really convinced of, of, of Satan's lies, they believe Satan's lies are true, um, you might have to wait 20 years till the guy's house burns down and he loses his job. In fact, that, that was your situation. When you came to Christ, his apartment burnt down. He was a hard case when uh, his wife was going to my church and uh, I couldn't even... It was like no common ground. He was from Kentucky. I was from Jersey. And... Uh, just couldn't get through. His house burned down, and the church helped him out a little bit, so he came to at least say thank you and stuff. And the final domino to fall was when Rory took the, the 
jacket off his back and handed it. He said, he said, you have a jacket? He said, no, it burned in the fire. And so uh, one of our guys just took off his jacket, handed it to him, and said, if it fits, it's yours. And it was it. You know, he's got, he had a mother that loved the Lord, been praying for him for years. And he just said, well, I can't fight it anymore. And that's, you know, but that's what it takes sometimes, is loving people right where they're at, praying for them, asking God for the wisdom and how to dialogue with them. But it might take a catastrophe in their life before it shakes them and they realize, forget this intellectual smokescreen, I need Jesus. And uh, and that's what it's all about. We only have about four minutes at this one, actually two minutes by that clock. Anybody have any any questions at all? Yes. Neo paganism. Yeah. Neo neo just means no. Right. And paganism, the old pagan belief systems, the ancient pagan myths. Neo pagan means that the, that that there uh, there are people that are returning to those ancient pagan myths. See and. Yeah, uh, you have some some New Agers are worshiping uh, the Greek goddess Sophia. Um, you have uh, you have a lot of people return. Wicca is real big, returning to witchcraft and worshiping nature and, and and that type of thing. So so there's I mean the list goes on and on. You have people getting back into astrology. That's been going on for a long time with horoscopes. Uh, but those are all ancient pagan type things. The whole Nazi movement was a return to ancient pagan myths, and um, you know, and it, it, the scriptures teach if man rejects the truth, we're susceptible to lies, and that's what the ancient pagan myths are. And um, yes, what's the Christian answer to people who say, "Well, evolution is proved by the fossil records of the hominids"? You know, all, all Lucy and Java Man and all of that, and they use that as a proof. Yeah. Tom Hoyle is a good, is a good go-to guy on that. The, the evidence is just totally non-existent. I mean, um, yeah, you'll have a few scientists over here. And it, when something makes it in the newspaper, how they, they found the new missing link or whatever, um, it's almost guaranteed to be bogus. The scientists don't work that way. I mean, they might discover something 40 or 50 years later. I mean, pop science, you know, a guy discovers something and he... He wants it all thrown out there, but most of it is like um, how many people have seen Inherit the Wind, Spencer Tracy, about the monkey trial, 1925. Um, in the courtroom, you know, the, the guy was on trial because he was getting in trouble. Uh, he was a high school teacher and he was teaching evolution alongside creation in the high schools back then. So the ACLU defended this guy, but the, the lawyer went up to the, the creationist showed him a tooth. He said, do you know what this tooth is? No, I don't know what it is. Well, scientists found this tooth. From this tooth, they constructed a skull. They didn't tell him, but it was by the scientist's imagination. From the skull, they constructed a skeleton of an entire body, an entire race of missing links between apes and men, based on this tooth. Okay? Was that the Nebraska man? Nebraska. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, but what, what the movie didn't tell you, because the movie was made in, like, 1950s, 1960s, the movie didn't tell you was that two years later, 1927, they found more of those teeth in the same general area. But then they found skulls and skeletons. It was the tooth of an extinct pig. Okay? So uh, there's an awful lot of imagination. If, you, if, if a particular scientist believes either there is no God or maybe there's a God, but he's left no evidence here in creation, 
So there are nothing but natural causes here, no supernatural causes at all. So if you assume that God is either irrelevant or non-existent, okay, then you've got to find these missing links because that's the only alternative explanation. And um, but a lot of imagination comes in there. So you get college textbooks where you got a little monkey and it gets bigger and bigger, it looks like a gorilla, and then then it starts losing hair. And at the end of the page, you got a naked man walking off the side of the page. Um, all those intermediary state, intermediary forms there, all those missing links, there's not one of them is an, an undisputed case. It's not, there, there is no universal, universally accepted link between apes and men. You get the Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon, man, they have features of modern man. Tom Hoyles will have people stand up and look at their skulls and and tell them whether they would be a Cro-Magnon or a, I, I forget what Tom Hoyles is. I think he's Cro-Magnon because he has such a huge head. He has to have hats specially made for him. If he got haircuts like me, he'd cut as short as me. He would be a sight and a half. But but um, uh, but Tom Hoyles could tell you what kind of skull you'd be classified as. And um, um, so so there's, there's really there's a lot of lot of wheeling and dealing going on. And, and you know you have science. And you know what they re the facts that they really dig up, and then it's the interpretation of it can be very biased. And one one last question. Yeah, one thing that's always mystified me is the the link between this and a lot of the fundamental uh, denominations we have in Catholicism. Kind of kind of plug into some of this. And, you know, yeah. Now, are you talking neo paganism or secular humanism? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, there are. Um, I, I would say when you, if you find a church, okay, Unitarian Universalists are an example. First, the Unitarians said God is only one person and Jesus is not God. Okay, and they were real low in attendance, so they joined uh, about midway through the 20th century with the Universalists who said everybody's going to heaven, everybody's saved. Well, their attendance was low. Why go to church if you, if you can go to a bar and still be saved? So their attendance was low. So you had the Unitarians and the Universalists to join together to form the Unitarian Universalists. And for all practical purposes, they believe in the existence of, a, of an irrelevant God, kind of like deism. So for all practical purposes, they were a lot like atheists. Well, their numbers were real low, but now what they did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, especially in the 90s, or in the 80s, I should say, they became politically correct. So they started back in the gay rights movement, the radical women's live movement, the pro-abortion movement. And so it became, all of a sudden they started growing in numbers because now they're politically correct. Okay? Well, that's not enough. And so now what they're doing is jumping on the new age bandwagon. And so when you have like uh, Unitarian Universalist pastors, they used to be more along atheist lines, now they tend to be more along Shirley MacLaine new age lines. But, um, but you'll find that in Protestant circles, you'll find that in Catholic circles. It's great when the Pope kicked Matthew Fox out of Roman Catholicism, now he's a, an, an Anglican, because the Anglican church is in even worse shape. Um, but his creation spirituality was nothing but just ignore the fall of mankind, everything is good, and it, it's not pantheism, but it's panentheism, where God is the, un, uh, the universe is God's body, God is the soul of the universe. And, and but this kind of stuff is going on and now it's moving within evangelical circles, moving towards 
that panentheistic view. That's all I have time for. Eric's going to be giving the next talk. Eric, what are you speaking on? He's speaking on God and government, kind of the biblical basis of government. And so, um, uh, just letting you know about that. God bless you, everybody. Visit the table. Say hello to our wives. And uh, if you don't like us, tell them that at least that you feel sorry for them. <laughs>